This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 32. Ted Harris shares what is new in ANSYS Mechanical 2019 R1, and we update news and events. Hello and welcome. My name is Eric Miller. I'm one of the owners here at PADT. And welcome to episode 32. Um, we're full bore into March here at PADT. We've been uh, busy uh, and on a non-ANSYS related activities, launching a spinoff called Oryx Additive. It's, uh, like I said, nothing to do with ANSYS related, but what they are are systems uh, for removing water-soluble supports from 3D printed parts. We've been making them for about 10 years, manufacturing them and distributing them and supporting them. And we just created a new company called Oryx Additive that we just spun off. So um, like I said, it's not, not going to impact our listeners too much other than hopefully we'll have more time to, to do things about with ANSYS and uh, that, that'll be its own thing off on the side. Also, uh, we're spending a lot of time getting ready for our 25th anniversary. I'm recording this on the 5th. Thursday the 7th is our, tw our 25th birthday, um, and we'll be having a party on the 21st of March. So if you're in the Phoenix area, please do RSVP for that event. We'd love to see you there. And we're just very excited about being a quarter of a century old. It's kind of strange when you think about it. Uh, we've had 9,282 total downloads of the uh, podcast, over 31 episodes, so we're still sitting around 300, uh, pretty constant there. Um, we're going to probably do a survey, just to let you, everybody listening know, to get some feedback. People send emails, but we don't get enough feedback. We want to know what we can do to get our listenership up. One thing we have heard is, I guess this is a pun, that our sound quality is not great. Uh, it can be too low of a volume. And uh, when we do interviews across WebEx, it ain't working. So we're going to switch to Skype. Uh, hopefully that will do much better for us. That's what a lot of people in the podcasting world use. And we'll keep experimenting until we get a better sound solution for you people out there. So do let us know how that's going. And always send an email to podcast at padtinc.com to tell us what you think. So let's get on to the podcast. Uh, it's going to be very simple. We're going to talk to Ted Harris, uh, who heads up our tech support group here and training. He's going to talk about ANSYS 2019 R1 for mechanical and what he likes uh, and uh, what he thinks is cool and what we should know about. So let's take a listen to that. Well, welcome to our discussion today with Ted Harris, who heads up our technical support group here at PADT, about what's new in ANSYS 2019 R1. I'm still getting used to the new naming convention. Did I get that one right? Was that correct? 2019 yeah, 2019 R1. R1. Okay. What's new in the world of mechanical, uh, which is near and dear to all of our hearts since that's where we started in our ANSYS world all those years and years ago. So uh, I always like to start off with, you know, what's your favorite new thing in there, Ted? Well, I think it's got to be the new semi-implicit method. So that's something I've been looking at, um, trying to you know, look at it for different nonlinear models. Um, I think it is really going to be a game changer for a certain class of problems. So the idea behind it is for certain nonlinear structural models that uh, have had issues with convergence difficulties. So um, things undergoing very large deflection, for example, like the, the classic example is like the, the plastic milk jug that's right. being imploded. Um, very difficult problem to get to converge with an implicit solver. Um, so this new method 
will automatically switch to an explicit scheme if uh, convergence is not being achieved using the implicit method. And it can then uh, switch back from okay. explicit to implicit if um, certain criteria are met. So there's really just one command that enables it. It's a new command in mechanical APDL called semi-implicit. Okay. Um, nice, easy to remember command to uh, enable the semi-implicit method. And then there's a few controls on that command that basically determine some criteria for when it's used, as well as some criteria for when to switch back to the implicit method. Okay. And does it work with all the elements and all the materials? Or does it does it not work? work with all the elements okay. and all the materials. For example, uh, one element type that it does not work with is the solid shell element. Okay. So, so I, I had a, a model that I thought would be a good candidate, mm -hmm. uh, really struggled with convergence. Um, but unfortunately, at least in uh, this initial implementation right. of it, it does not support that element type. But you know, most of the core element types, mm -hmm. you know, the structural solid elements are supported. Um, the, all the restrictions are documented in the help. Good. Okay. So yeah, we actually have a whole uh, session just on that capability. Um, I know that it's one of those things that another piece of software, which I'll rename nameless, uh, was always had a capability of doing um, that allowed some of their crazy buckling nonlinearness stuff to converge a little bit faster. So, so this should be a, a breakthrough for us uh, in a lot of different ways. So we look forward to exploring that and getting more in depth to it. Um, what about any, any changes? Uh, they always have new stuff as far as solver goes. Anything faster, better on the solver side of things? Um, well, certainly HPC is a continued mm -hmm. uh, development. And so uh, in addition to uh, general enhancements in, in parallel computing, mm -hmm. a big one that's gone in at uh, 2019 R1 is the ability to split contact regions That's right. um, to utilize multiple cores. So mm -hmm. in the past, even though you were solving using multiple cores, a given contact pair mm -hmm. was all together on a single core. And so now there's the ability to split that contact region up. So if it's a large contact region that's you know encompassing a, a large portion of the model, rather than that one contact region being on a single core and potentially being a bottleneck for the other cores, mm -hmm. now that contact region can be split up onto you know all eight cores or however many cores that are that are being utilized. That's that's actually pretty cool. And it seems like I, when I when I have run into that, it's always been these big flat things touching each other and uh, that yeah, it, it it didn't split up well. <laughs> so that that's nice. That's maybe if you've got that kind of geometry and you haven't been using parallel. It's time to take a look again at that. Um, so any new elements? I can't remember if I saw any in there. Uh, there is actually a new suspension cable element. Okay, um, this that's why in, I didn't remember in mechanical it. APDL. <laughs> um, that, that's been an area that, you know, personally I've encountered some struggles in getting cabling to work when you have more than one element representing the cable, which is what you need if you're trying to to model, um, you know, a, a slack cable. Mm -hmm. So this uh, new cable element, unfortunately, I don't have the the mm -hmm. uh, element number uh, right in front of me, but okay. uh, that should allow for uh, easier convergence of uh, problems involving slack and, and taut cables. Good. 
good because it does i mean I, i've never had to deal with it but i know it does come up especially with the offshore people and the aquatic type folks so. yeah or people doing shipping mm-hmm. moving shipping containers Bridges. packaging in the sense mm-hmm. of oh yeah uh, you know not semiconductor packaging yeah. but uh, moving packages yeah. around package packages securing yeah. them <laughs> that's right so what else uh, struck your fancy in there? Well, um, one thing that we haven't been able to do in mechanical before is to move and orient parts. So in the past, right. we had to go back to our geometry tool, whether that was space claim or maybe design modeler before that or, or a CAD system to move parts around. And now that capability exists within mechanical. That is kind of handy um, to not have to go back, especially if you're just playing around and... and uh experimenting to don't have to go back to the CAD. Very, very useful. Um, of course, as usual, everything's been updated to the latest versions of the CAD systems. That's always something that gets done. And um, so if you're using a connection to a CAD tool, make sure you keep up to date on those. If you haven't explored, if you're not using that, you haven't explored it in a while, you know, I always recommend customers get that for their dominant CAD system because it can really save a lot of time and money uh, in that area. Um, do you want to talk about what's kind of new in space claim? Because one of the things I, I'm excited about is the meshing, or you want to come back and get that later? Um, we should probably discuss that at okay. a different time. So that's I, I've got some other things on, yeah. on mechanical I wanted to okay. talk about. Let's, let's talk about that. Um, so for uh, the smart crack, so smart mm-hmm. is uh, ANSYS's technology for uh, fracture mechanics, crack propagation. Um, some additional capability there, which should make it a lot more useful for uh, customers is the ability to apply temperature loads and also pressure loads. Mm, nice. So some capability that was missing in the past. Um, as far as post-processing goes, so something that's been in uh, ANSYS CFD post for quite a while is the keyframe animation. Yes. And that is now available for post-processing in mechanical. And so if you're not familiar with what that does, it allows you to basically move a camera around while you're you're creating an animation. So um, it's going to allow for some really nice uh, animation renderings of results um, to impress customers, yeah. uh, internal customers, external customers, um, or, or maybe just to, to uh, have a better view of what's going mm-hmm. on uh, in our structure. Yeah, I like it because instead of making three animations, I just move the camera. Now, now do they write a newer file format? I think I remember seeing that well, in there. Yeah, I'm not sure about for the keyframe animation, mm-hmm. but uh, a couple revs back, yeah. there were two new animation formats okay. added, um, bringing it up to date. To modern right. uh, formats. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, cool. What else? Um, we can now attach and replace geometry from within mechanical. Okay. So you don't have to step back to the workbench window to be able to do that. So that's a little bit of a time saver. Mm-hmm. So another thing I've noticed, and you know, this this may have been in uh, nineteen two, and I just didn't notice. But if you have a workbench project archive, you no longer have to click on File, Restore Archive. You can just say File Open. Oh, it recognizes and it, it. Knows it's a, an archive, and it will gotcha. unzip it, um, just like clicking on uh, File, Restore Archive. Those are little things that just kind of. Get your get my ire up a little bit as I work through. It's it's not a huge thing, but it's like little details like that. I love when they go back and fix them. That's good. And then the other topic I wanted to address mm-hmm. was topology optimization. Yes, there have been some nice enhancements there. 
The first one uh, is that we can now do a thermal topology optimization. So this was beta mm -hmm. in 19.2. It's now a production feature. Um, and so the idea is that you're optimizing the shape for most efficient heat mm -hmm. transfer. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, typically or, or historically when we've done a topology optimization, it's been to remove weight mm -hmm. to, uh, well, you know, still meet some deflection or stress, cri yeah. stress criterion in the structural sense. And now we're doing something similar, but in a thermal sense. Good. So you can come up with a structure that uh, moves heat away from some heat source uh, in, an, in an optimized shape. So um, might still need to come back and do a validation on, mm -hmm. on the structure. Um, the examples I've seen look kind of like tree roots. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lots of surface area. Pulling yeah. heat away. Yeah. Yeah. And it, does that include convection? So I just apply the generic HTC to the surf free surface? Um, well, I don't think it's going to be able to handle convection on the free surface as... Mm -hmm. the material is removed. So okay. typically it's more like you're applying a temperature constraint okay. on one side okay. and then a heat load okay. on some other side okay. of the part. Okay. So you're moving heat through a blob mm -hmm. and then it whittles away that blob to give you an efficient shape. I know we had a project on a heat, uh, no, was it, what was it? It was a fuel cell, a high temperature fuel cell blower where we wanted to create a heat break between the motor and the pump head. And we ended up doing man, basically manual topological optimization to, to get that done. So it looks like we could probably do that now quite, mm -hmm. quite easily. So that's that's pretty yeah. cool application. Neat. Another thing that's new is built-in smoothing for topology mm -hmm. optimization. So yes. uh, in the past, to do any sort of smoothing on what can be pretty faceted or mm -hmm. jagged uh Geometry is not really the right word, but mm -hmm. the topology that comes mm -hmm. out of the topology optimization, we would take it back into space claim and, and do that. And now there's uh, automatic smoothing nice. capability built into uh, mechanical. So I, I shouldn't really use the word automatic. It's automatic if you're using it, mm -hmm. um, but it's not on by default. So <coughs> that's, that's nice. Yeah, that, that should be a, a time saver mm -hmm. uh, as well as a... a you know, maybe a, a more user-friendly way of getting smoother geometry that might lend itself mm -hmm. better to visualization and certainly manufacturing, whether that's mm -hmm. 3D printing or some other means of manufacturing. Yeah, even if it's 3D printing, we should smooth it, yeah. And then the last one I want to mention is, is actually a beta capability, but it, it's so impressive, to me anyway, that I wanted to mention it, and that's what's called the level set method. So I think we might have mentioned this in an earlier podcast yes. on things that were coming. coming. Um, so the level set method, is it's a different algorithm for how it determines what the uh, optimized topology looks like. And it just, uh, you, you know, I've, when I've experimented with it, it gives us some really smoother looking geometry mm -hmm. than what we've been getting with the, the default yeah. uh, topology optimization uh, routine. So, um, I think it gives us geometry that is probably easier to manufacture, maybe more of what we thought we might be getting when we started right. with the topology optimization yeah. process. So in order to uh, take a look at it, you do have to turn on beta features. Um, and for users that don't know how to do that in the workbench window, mm -hmm. 
we go to tools, options, appearance, and then turn on beta features. And then I th an additional step that's required, if I remember right, is in tools options, we click on mechanical. And uh, in there, there's a checkbox for level set method for topology optimization. Ah, we have to click that checkbox well. also. Um, but once we do that, mm -hmm. uh, in the topology optimization process, when we're picking the method, in addition to the, the, the two options we had before, which is what I'll call the traditional and then the lattice optimization, mm -hmm. which we talked about last year, yes. uh, now you have the level set method as an, as an alternative no. as well. So if you're doing topology optimization, I highly suggest you turn this one on mm -hmm. and at least take a look at what it's doing. Now, it is a beta capability, so um, mm -hmm. you know there may be some glitches and uncertainties and things like that, but I was pretty excited uh, checking it out. So lots of good improvements in topological optimization, uh, which is always good to see. Uh, general, so so do you have anything, anything else to add before I uh, talk about where to find more information? Um, I think you can go ahead. Okay, so, so the next thing uh, to really know is uh, we're doing a webinar on Wednesday, is that correct? Right, yeah, next, next week. Yep. Which is going to be, looking at my handy dandy calendar, the 13th, Wednesday the 13th of March. Um, and like all of our webinars, it's through Bright Talk. So if you go to brighttalk.com and look for PADT, you can find the webinar. Um, sign up for it, even if you can't watch it live or listen to it live, you can get the recording and check it out. And, and I'll be doing the presentation good. and I'll be talking about the things we've talked about here today, as well as some additional topics on things that are new and uh, 2019 R1 in related to mechanical with pictures, which sometimes helps with some of these. Right. Uh, we haven't covered some of the yeah. crazier stuff that's they use visualization. Going to have a lot of slides. <laughs> the other thing I would like to point out is um, read the release notes. Um, if you if you are a any half-time to full-time user of ANSYS software, regardless of which solver technology you use, I really, really recommend that you spend the time to read the release notes because there may be something, I mean, we, we point out what we think is important, what our customers bring up, but there may be some special feature that, that you care about that didn't make it in the PowerPoints. So do, it, do a skim of that, look and see what commands are being retired, what commands are staying in, um, uh, or what commands have been added. Like we talked about the one command I think that got added. And, and it's become more and more important as I think we're going to be seeing more in each release and more releases in a year um, if everything goes correctly. Um, so, you know, we're not going to be just doing two a year. We, we may see more depending on when stuff's ready. So we're excited about that. But that means as users, we need to keep up with everything. Um, and I'm excited about it. Uh, in general, the code's more robust. Um, we saw some other stuff in beta. We were out at the sales conference that I can't talk about that I can't wait to see come out. Uh, I think everybody's going to love it. And um, cool and great stuff out there. The code keeps getting better and faster and uh, more useful. So uh, that's pretty much it. Anything else you want to add, Tim? Um, well, I guess one thing I'll mention is that you know if customers haven't uh, installed 2019 R1 yet, uh, um, need to make sure that your license manager is also updated to the ANSYS 2019 R1 version of the license manager. And the other piece uh, uh, that needs to be installed is make sure the latest license file that your organization has received is installed because those license files typically come once a year, but that doesn't mean that they're automatically installed when they come. Mm -hmm. So typically when customers can't get it to work, it's because of one of those two things or both. 
the latest version of the license manager needs to be installed on the license server, and the latest license file needs mm -hmm. to be utilized. Yeah, check with your IT folks because they may have it. And or your uh, what do they still call them the ASC, the ANSYS support yes, coordinator. Yes, ANSYS support coordinator. So whoever at your company is the ANSYS support coordinator. And as always, if you're a PADT customer, feel free to reach out to us for any help or any questions you have about any of this stuff. And if you're unfortunately not an ANSYS customer, that you still get fantastic support from either ANSYS Direct or from whoever your channel partner is. So don't hesitate to reach out. Um, get get using this new stuff. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't think I have anything else to add. So check out the webinar, and we'll be talking about some other stuff in upcoming uh, episodes, some other new stuff in upcoming episodes. So stay tuned. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Ted. Okay, good stuff there from Ted. Um, as we mentioned, there's a webinar coming up uh, next Wednesday. Do sign up for that. Go to brighttalk.com. And register if you're not already registered for Bright Talk. If you are, you can just go in and, and register for the webinar itself. And uh, even if you can't watch it live, you can listen to it. Please do check it out. There'll be lots of pictures of stuff that we talked about. And he'll also cover a little bit more detail in some of the smaller things that are new and special. So um, on that note, let's take a little bit of a commercial break and then talk about news. Dave, you know that sending simulation work outside can be very difficult. I sure do, Linda. It's so hard to find someone that knows how to conduct simulation that also understands our products and design needs enough to add value. How do you know you have the right partner? You are so right. That is why so many companies turn to PADT for their engineering simulation needs. They are experts in structural, fluid flow, thermal, and electromagnetic simulation. They know how to drive design with simulation because PADT has been doing it for over 23 years and some of their staff members have been building and running models for over 30 years. That's a lot of experience, but let's be honest, working with a lot of outside providers is like throwing your projects over a wall. You send it, wait, and then get a number and a bill. That isn't what most people need. You hit on a key difference with PADT's team and why they have been doing this for so long. They have the technology down, but they also know from experience that constant and smart communication with customers is critical. And when they get done, instead of delivering just a number and pretty plots, they provide insight into the physics and behavior of what they're modeling. It really is like having a group of experts right there on your team. That is comforting. You can get burned without that. So I know I'm being kind of a skeptic, but simulation can be expensive and budgets are tight. So I want to make sure they really are a good solution. My last question is, how on earth do they stay so up to date on so many things? Yes, their capabilities are kind of overwhelming in breadth and depth, but the answer is pretty simple. Besides doing simulation as a service, they are an ANSYS Elite channel partner. They have to sell to and support over 100 customers. This gives them exposure to every ANSYS product and almost every industry and application. You really can't find that anywhere else. Okay, Linda, you convinced me. If someone needs to get some simulation done, how do they get started? Easy. They can email info at padtinc.com, call 1-800-293-PADT, or visit www.padtinc.com slash simulation. Someone from their engineering team will get back to them, usually within a day, to talk about what you need done. Cool. Thanks, Linda. Anytime. So what are you working on anyway? I want to begin by apologizing for still having this nasty cold. 
Um, I had thought it had upgraded into an infection of some kind, went to the doctor and he informed me I just have a cold. It's a pretty nasty cough. Uh, lots of people around here have it. Um, so I do apologize for an even more nasal than normal voice and the occasional graveliness in it. But uh, hopefully next time we talk, I'll be recovered. In news, let's talk about ANSYS stock. Um, it's the afternoon of March 5th when I'm recording this in my office here, and the stock is sitting at $178.75. It had been as high as $186, which if you're keeping track is quite a jump. The primary reason for that is they did their earnings call on February 27th, and we'll talk about that next. But uh, people definitely liked it. Um, the um, it's 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 a pretty pretty significant jump there. Um, the the big thing I like to compare it to is the year to date for the S and P five hundred is up fourteen percent, and Ansys Inc is up thirty point eight seven percent. So um, definitely uh, investors are paying attention, and they bought for a little while, and I guess the price is going down. I don't understand. I always say that I don't understand how stock market works, but I think it makes sense that uh, they reacted positively to the news they got on the twenty seventh which is what we're going to talk about in news. In fact, it's the only news for the time period we're covering here. That call was on the 27th. Uh, if you Google, you can find it and listen to it. I do find that interesting to do for these annual ones. Um, you can kind of get a feel for what the CEO, uh, Ajay, is talking about, and Maria and others that are on the call share their insight into why Ansys had such a great year. Um, so one thing I will note before I get into the numbers is there's all these changes to how they're doing accounting methods, uh, and there's this difference between generally accepted and not generally accepted accounting methods, GAAP and non-GAAP. I, I don't understand the difference, so I'm just going to report the GAAP number, and if there's two different ways of doing the accounting, two different rule sets, I'm going to use the one to the left on the, on the press release. Um, and you can get to the press release by going to ansys.com and going to news, and uh, it's, it's a press release there, and all their press releases. So the big news is in Q4 and for the year, they had 11% revenue growth. So that's pretty significant. The net income was, that's the profit, was $153 million for the quarter and $419 million for the year. That's $419 million in profit for the year of 2018. That's pretty nice. Uh, that's a profit margin of 43.3% for the quarter and 36.8% for the year. And um, revenue, which is pretty exciting, was $415.4 million for the quarter, fourth quarter. And for the year, remember last year they broke through a billion dollars for the first time. So for 2018, so 2017 it was a billion, and 2018, which is now last year, they did $1.293 million for the year. And that number changes a little bit depending on how you count the dollars, but uh, that's the one I'm sticking with, $1.293 million, billion, billion, did I say million? Billion dollars for the year. Billion. So that's pretty nice. Um, they had $777 million at the end of the year in cash and $317 million in accounts receivable. So got some money there. Um, splitting it up, Based upon the, the leftmost accounting methodology, they had uh, $577 million in sales was licenses. The revenue was from licenses. And $717 million was maintenance and services, maintenance and services. They're lumping those two together. So that's a little bit of a switch. They usually have more from licenses and less from maintenance. Um, 
Uh, so um, we'll see if that continues over time. That was one time thing. And, and it may also be, like I said, changes in how they're doing the accounting as well. Uh, earnings per share for 2018, uh, 2017, excuse me. So the year before last was $2.98. And then for the year past, 2018, it was $4.88. So that's a big jump in earnings per share. Uh, I have no, I'm no expert. I don't know how to read deeper into these numbers. But uh, that's a lot of revenue, that's a lot of profit, and that's a lot of cash. And um, hopefully they will use that cash. I'm always advocating they use that cash to buy cool new technologies for us to play with, as well as hiring more awesome experts onto the ANSYS team. So we'll see what happens. And that's it for news. There was nothing else new there. Um, and I talked about PADT's upcoming anniversary. That's the only news we got in Oryx uh, Additive spinoff. That's the other news we got. Blog-wise, um, like I said, same thing. We just talked about the spinoff and the anniversaries. But we did have an event uh, a couple days ago. We had our first annual motorsport day here at PADT where we had employees and a few select customers and friends that we know that have cool cars bring their cars in just to see what that's like. We had a little car show in our parking lot. It's pretty cool. Check out the pictures if you like vehicles uh, and a motorcycle. There was one motorcycle. We hope to have more motorcycles and maybe a boat next year because it is motorsport. Anything that drives a, mo a motor drives. Um, Check it out. It's pretty cool pictures. Uh, there was some really old, there was a really old uh, 1950s Chevy truck, which I really liked. And um, my favorite car, I still have to say, is a relatively new 911 uh, S, a Porsche. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful vehicle. We had a couple of um, Teslas as well. So neat stuff. Check that out on our blog. The ANSYS blog had some new articles since the last time we talked. There's a really fun one called the personal about how to design your own personal flying device. So forget that jet car, forget that uh, um, the, the the quadcopter. This is your own personal or jetpack. This is your own personal flying device. Do check that out. It's kind of cool. If you're a student listening to this and you're involved in any kind of that uh, Baja off-road racing competition, there's a great article about figuring out your loads for off-road racing. Off-road racing that I would definitely recommend you check out. And then there were two articles on additive manufacturing. Um, one was really neat and, and very timely because of a recent launch that SpaceX did using a uh, parts of the rocket engine were 3D printed. Um, so this article is about 3D printing rocket engines. Um, very, very neat application. And of course, heavy analysis needed to, to make those parts. So even though they're made with additive, that still is required. Pretty neat stuff. And then there's another article about how to use uh, the ANSYS additive suite to get your parts to be the right tolerance, to basically get your dimensions right on your parts. Um, and there's some examples in there that actually PDT published um, in the Advantage magazine. So do check that out. Nothing new from Advantage magazine, so we won't cover that. Event-wise, uh, it's Phoenix Startup Week here in Phoenix. So I will be at that uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, we have that webinar coming up next Wednesday on the 13th of March. And then we'll be up at Hill Air Force Base on the 20th of March in Layton, Utah to uh, talk about what we do for Hill and share some of our capabilities with the people up there. Then, of course, the big event is on the 21st of this month. We have our 25th anniversary celebration. We hope as many of you who are listeners will show up for that as possible. And then um, we'll be at the MedTech conference here in Phoenix, which is part of the Arizona Technology Council on the 28th. And then our final event for this month is AMUG, and I will be there speaking about simulation for additive manufacturing. 
So hopefully I will meet some of you there. Do stop by and say hi. I'll be there Monday and Tuesday at AMUG. <clears throat> that concludes our, uh, our podcast for this episode. Thanks. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe uh, to our email at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. Definitely get our newsletter, which has all sorts of other interesting information. And do please spread the word. We'd love to get more people signing up for this podcast. And don't hesitate to reach out. And we will talk to you later. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 32. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.